0: Cinema Wellman. I'm your host, David. Today we're going to do a little Which Was Worse. This is new to the podcast and YouTube channel. It's the second installment if you read the blog at cinemawellman.blogspot.com. The first, Which Was Worse, took two shark films, Sharks of the Corn, and pitted it against Avalanche Sharks. And Cinema Wellman determined which was worse. Today we're going to take a look at Air collision versus turbulent skies. So how I do this is I sit and I go through my platforms, and I love a movie poster. I love a movie poster, and I love that that is how all of the platforms tell us about what films they have on there. So all you do is go by but, 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 but oh, that looks dreadful. Let me write that down. Doot 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 doot. That looks just like that other film. There, I'm gonna write that down, and that's how I got this idea. So I saw the the poster for Sharks of the Corn, and then Avalanche Sharks coming up, Toxic Shark, Virus Shark. There are more shark films out there. I don't care what platform you have, look and just put in shark. It's it's absolutely stunning. So today it's two. Airplane movies to, uh, you know, here we go, Airplanes in Peril. Now, remember, there is math to this. There is a rubric. I was a teacher for a long time, and I had the rubric, and you live by the rubric, and you die by the rubric. And I hated the rubric, and my students hated the rubric, but that's how we had to do things back then. So there is math to this. There is a science to it. Um, Unfortunately, neither of these films paid any attention to any science, or any physics, which made them fun to watch. Uh, if you go on the blog, and that's cinemawellman.blogspot.com, you can see the official Cinema Wellman Which Was Worse rubric. You have uh, five categories, story, plotline, script, they all go together, acting, acting, special effects, self-awareness, and effort. And self-awareness is in there because... You know, if you know you're making a really bad... Like Sharknado, full of self... They knew exactly what they were doing. And with each installment, (laughs) they just topped it. These people know what they're getting. So we're going to make that film for them. And sometimes you watch a film and you say, this was terrible and no one there realized it, which is kind of sad. And I don't know if I mentioned the last one's effort because I always gave... Uh, points for effort when I was teaching because it should be rewarded. So uh, on the rubric, the highest you can get is a one. And then there's a zero. And then there's negative one, negative two, and negative three. Um, so we're going to start with Turbulent Skies. And without telling you anything about the film, I'm going to tell you what they scored on the rubric. Uh, story, plot line, and script, negative two. Acting, negative two. Special effects, negative two. Self-awareness, negative one. Effort, zero. So, turbulent skies, heads into the lightning round, pun intended, with a score of negative seven. And each of the following indiscretions, or sins, I don't want to steal that, my friends at Cinema Sins. I don't want to feel like I'm ripping them off in any way, although I bow to them, uh, It will only increase their score in the wrong direction, obviously. So here we go with those additional penalties. And again, Turbulent Skies already has a score of negative seven. Here we go. Uh, The film begins with about five minutes of getting to know the uh, passengers and the crew of a plane, which then they just crash and it kills almost everybody on board. They use CZN instead of CNN. Uh, pilot error is to blame for that crash, so the solution, of course, is fully automated pilotless planes. One pilot makes a mistake, causes a crash, let's get all the pilots off all the planes, that's the only solution. Um, the developer, Rich, you know, uh, Elon Musk, go ahead, uh, developer, you know, all this, he he knows everything and everything, uh, He decides to run a test flight with passengers, trying this out with passengers. The son of that developer um, is an asshole. And he calls his assistant over to the meeting after meeting someone that he didn't like. And he gets his assistant over and says, take a note. I don't like her. And it wasn't done with comedic effect. It was, that was the line that was written and the way it was delivered was terrible. He's terrible. That character is awful. His name is Chuck, by the way. Um, The pilot greets the flight attendant with, morning, babe. Ugh, disgusting. The blinking blue light on the fully automated piloting system seems to have been added in post-production. It was that bad. Everything in the automated, everything in the future is automated, cliche. It gets that one. No humans needed. That's all we do. Robots. Everything's automated. AI. Everything's good. What could go wrong? Uh, Developer son, that guy that I mentioned before, uh, is so obnoxious that he doesn't care to remember anybody's name. We've seen this cliche in a bunch of movies. He has terrible hair. And as I mentioned, his name is Chuck. Uh, they drag poor Nicole Eggert into this and... Two lines in scenes with her include the phrase in charge and it sticks out like a sore thumb because if you know Nicole Eggert, you know she was one of the kids in the show Charles in Charge. The people making this movie should also know that and they should also deleted any in charge lines from the script before they started shooting they have the nerve to use the line, Houston, we have a problem. Can we stop doing that? It was done once well, and that's it. All done. Uh, the fully automated piloting system kills the human pilot when the pilot tries to intervene. When the pilots are dead, the tower has these instructions for Nicole Eggert in the cockpit. Whatever you do, don't touch anything. So how am I going to fly this plane without touching anything? Um, Idiot Son makes modifications to the system without anyone's permission. Cliche. We see that over and over. We've got stock footage of stealth fighters being scrambled. Uh, They couldn't even do that on their own or in special effects. They use stock footage. There is an executive decision style transfer. And you should know what I'm talking about. Executive decision, Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal. No? <laughs> you should see it. It's quite a piece of cheese. Uh, so this executive decision-style transfer gets expert Casper Van Deen on board, but he's not a pilot. If you're going to put somebody on that plane, why don't we put a pilot on the plane? When he attempts to, yes, hotwire the plane, he reaches under, takes wires, and is hot wiring the plane. It shocks him. And his response is, it just tried to hurt me. Ooh, the acting in this, I tell you. Um, and the last sin here is Nicole Eggert flies the plane. All right. So that's it for Turbulent Skies, which brings us to 2012's Air Collision. Here is the rubric. Story, plotline, script, minus two. Acting, minus one. Special effects, zero. Self-awareness, minus two. Effort, zero. So, air collision heads into the lightning round with a score of minus five. And remember, turbulent skies had minus seven going into the lightning round. Let's see if they can rack up enough sins to pass turbulent skies on the way down. Fasten your seatbelts. Please return your tray tables to the upright position. Here we go. So, a solar storm wipes out All air traffic control, not sure that that can happen in real life. Uh, Like turbulent skies, safer air travel can only be a reality with fully automated machines in charge. Like Charles. Charles in charge of, have you ever seen that? If not, skip it. Next, ACAT, Satellite Network. It stands for Auto-Controlled Anti-Threat Programme. So why isn't there a P at the end? Next, all satellites malfunction due to the solar storm, and they fall out of the sky. Whenever satellites malfunction, I guess they immediately plummet back to Earth. All the satellites are crashing into the Earth. Characters apparently are allowed to wander all over the place. There is caution tape surrounding satellite debris, and a character walks right, and reaches over and picks up a piece of satellite and takes it with her. There are no humans around, but boy, they had a lot of caution tape. Next, Cleveland. They picked on Cleveland. Cleveland is the main city for this. Cleveland. Poor Reginald Van Gelsen got dragged into this. He was in Die Hard. He was in Die Hard 2. He was in, he was Carl Winslow in Family Matters, for goodness sake. And now he's doing this? We have, oh, we have a character that it's her first day at work. How many movies have we seen that in? Retire that one as well. There are lightning storms, solar flares, and weather anomalies all over the place, and yet they allow Air Force One to take off. The other airline's called Americana Blue Airlines. On Air Force One, a 20-something crew member makes the boast, I know this plane better than anyone. Really? Really you do? You're 20. Uh, So when the satellites fall to Earth, they have the power of asteroids and they explode on contact, like blow up buildings. What exactly is in a satellite that makes it explode like that? I did not know that. I was wondering while watching this, did they show the cast airplane to show them how to react to an air crisis? Absolutely comical. Um, Americana Blue hits a tower in Cleveland, keeps flying. Uh, A couple of direct quotes from the screenplay, from the script, without navigation, we're a crash waiting to happen. Are you telling me we're not in control of this plane? Yeah, yeah. Um I'm going to watch Airplane again and I'm going to it might be the same amount of laughs I think. Uh they want to uh, show major end of day's traffic. Think deep impact, think think of those films that showed the miles of people in their cars and the horns honking and everything. Um this film depicts the end of day's traffic by showing 10 parked cars that are parked bumper to bumper on a country road and a character riding her bicycle in between them. And that's their end of days uh, traffic jam. Does Air Force One have missiles? Because that would be cool. And in this movie, Air Force One has missiles. And they shoot down two F-16s that are scrambled in next to them. Comical destruction all around. I mean, poor Cleveland is being decimated in this. Uh, The onboard systems uh, take control of Air Force One. They lock every single door. There's no way to do any kind of manual override with any of that. So the two pilots are in the cockpit. One of the pilots takes out his sidearm. And here is a quote, Major I don't want to fire my weapon in the cockpit any more than you want me to, but we have no choice. The pilot then fires off 10 rounds in the cockpit of Air Force One. And the door is shown later, totally undamaged. I don't know where those bullets went, but 10, I counted them on purpose. He fired off 10 rounds in the cockpit of Air Force One. A missile strikes Americana Blue and it keeps flying. So a missile hits this passenger airliner that's headed for the air collision with, you know, Air Force One, because it's called air collision. Um, The missile pierces the fuselage. Americana Blue does not explode. Then they double down and they show the passengers picking up the missile that has not exploded and manually throwing it out of the hole in the fuselage where said missile is then shown landing in Cleveland and destroying a building. Plug the hole in the fuselage with Luggage. Luggage. Then, in a transfer attempt, once again, think executive decision. The first lady is dangled below Air Force One. She's got a helper. The helper's holding on. The helper makes that Steven Seagal decision. Both of us can't make it. First lady, you're more important than me. And he cuts his strap and he flies into the engine of the plane behind him, which was totally unnecessary, but unnecessary and yet bad special effects. So now the First Lady is dangling below Air Force One. How fast do planes fly in any event? POTUS then pulls her back to safety. She's dangling from a rope, and he does it with his bare hands. Have you ever held onto a rope before? This is just spiraling out of control. At one point, the two planes clip each other. Air Force One actually makes contact with Americana Blue, shears the roof off of Americana Blue. So Americana Blue is now a convertible. This is not a comedy. This is an action movie. Americana Blue now has no roof and it's still flying. It then makes contact with two more buildings, hits buildings in Cleveland and hits another tower, and it is still flying, ladies and gentlemen. Next, pieces from an aviation museum are used to save the day. Tinfoil from a piece of chewing gum also saves the day. POTUS and his teenage daughter, now fly Air Force One, they put it down on a street without landing gear, both wings get sheared off, and yet everyone pretty much survives. Can't say the same for Cleveland. Final score, turbulent skies, negative 26. Air collision, negative 38. So, I have to say that the math works on that as much as the science didn't work in either of those movies. Terrible films, but as you know, when you compare two, one's always worse. Although, I wouldn't mind booking a flight on Americana Blue Airline. Those planes seem indestructible. And that's it for this episode of Which Was Worse? Coming up on Which Was Worse here at Cinema Wellman, Bus Party to Hell versus Creep Van, Lamageddon versus Zombievers, and the previously mentioned Toxic Shark versus Virus Shark. That's it for us here today at Cinema Wellman. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Cinema Wellman. Read the blog cinemawellman.blogspot.com. Want to listen? Search for Cinema Wellman on Spotify. Want to watch? Search for Cinema Wellman on YouTube. And that's it. Until next time, take care.